Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna, here with a uh, slightly belated episode. So, you know, I'm not going to go into this whole unprecedented times, everything is terrible. I mean, I am, and that's exactly what this episode is going to be about. But, like, I'm not going to do the whole, here's how I'm holding up. I'm an ER nurse. Uh, I'm a new ER nurse. And this has been really hard. Um, as of now, I'm still planning to end my Patreon in June, although I'm considering trying to just offer very, very limited offerings, kind of keep it as like a, you know, support if me if you want kind of thing. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to be able to make any more offerings for it. I don't know. Anyway, that's not why I'm here. And that's not why you're listening to me. I am here to talk to you about your mental health and magic and keeping yourself grounded. So something I've touched on a few times is being careful about doing magic and and doing your practice if your mental health is not in the greatest state. And that's something that is especially important right now. You know, even if you are in a, a relatively good place to be weathering a pandemic. Um, it's still a tough time. You know, I'm I'm fortunate that I am employed, so is my husband, that I get to spend time with my husband and that we have a good relationship. Um, I'm fortunate that I live close enough to work that I don't have to take any kind of transportation. I am more financially stable than I've ever been in my entire life, including when I was a child. So, you know, these are all things that are are really working in my favor, even with the stress of being a front lines employee and front lines worker in this situation. Um, You know, but, you know, I have my own stresses. I can't see my friends. I can't see my girlfriend. I can't do any events, you know, the bulk of my tarot thing has not been events and it hasn't even been professional. Again, I've been reading cards since I was 13 on and off. Um, and pretty seriously for the past seven years. So, you know, doing events and doing the business side of it, that that hasn't been my primary focus, but doing those in-person events is really what kickstarted Anti-Fragile Tarot to being what it is now. I would never have decided to go and do a podcast if I'd never had the uh, the interactions with people and the discussions with people that I got to have while doing events. And, you know, I'm not the only tarot reader I know who's decided to scale back some during this pandemic. For me... Um, I've decided to scale back for three reasons. First and foremost, I just don't have the mental energy to maintain a virtual storefront and put out content 
the way that I was attempting to. You know, I kept thinking, okay, so once I get through nursing school, it'll be easier. And once I get through orientation, it'll be easier. But, you know, I'm still in school. I'm still pursuing my bachelor's degree. And as soon as I got off orientation, we had COVID. Like, hi, baby nurse, here's a pandemic. So unfortunately, that's really made anti-fragile tarot take a backseat. And that's reason number one. And, and that's the first and foremost thing. And that's a boundary that I've exerted. And that's something we're about to get into. Um, number two is that I didn't feel right about offering professional services like this. Now, I don't view tarot as divination. I don't. I view it as psychology. I view it as introspection. I view it as a way to tell a story about a situation and help you think through it. But I'm also not oblivious to the fact that many people who are seeking tarot card readings are using it as some form of divination. Even though I'm very upfront about the kind of work that I do, I have turned down many a tarot client when I felt that they were looking for something that I don't offer or feel comfortable offering or that I don't feel I can deliver with the way that I practice. And it's not to say that I think that they're wrong for wanting that or that nobody can provide it. Um, I may or may not have my own judgments on that, but that's not what I'm saying when I say this is something I'm not doing. When I say I'm not doing it, I mean that's not part of my practice and it would not be fair to offer something I didn't believe in. It wouldn't be fair to the person seeking it and it wouldn't be fair to me. So that's, you know, that's the thing. I really didn't, I really don't feel comfortable offering people any kind of false hope with this. Like even, even at work, people are asking me, well, what does this normally look like and how long does this normally take to recover from? And I, I have to do a lot of, we don't know and we're learning. And that's something, you know, I, I generally feel comfortable. I have no problems in a tarot card reading when someone says, so can you tell me what my ex is thinking about me and what his girlfriend thinks about me or, or whatever, what, what, you know, what his boyfriend thinks about me, whatever. Like, I don't want to make this super gendered here. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I can't. That's, that's not, that's not what this reading is. Yeah. I have no problem disappointing in that way. But not wanting to read cards right now is not about not wanting to disappoint. It's about not wanting to, in any way, even inadvertently, offer something that could really be misconstrued and could really really be dangerous right now. Um, and the third thing is that it's been hard for me to maintain the same kind of perspective for what, and this is going to sound terrible and I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm being very honest with you as, as I always am. Um, you know, things that are less urgent right now. I don't have a lot of headspace to handle dealing with things that are not urgent. And the caveat there is that something that I may not consider urgent does not mean that someone else doesn't consider it urgent. 
but you know again with with the kind of job that I'm doing with the kind of person I am it's really hard for me to kind of focus on the the day-to-day lives of others right now if it's not about something that's really major and I kind of have to save that energy for my really close friends and for family you know a close friend wants to talk to me about something that that might seem you know trivial that's different you know I need to reserve that that space for those people instead of offering that to the public and that's why I personally have chosen not to really offer readings for for pay right now um I think it's very important that I'm in the right headspace to be doing that. I think it's really important that I am able to offer the kind of services in in the way that I know I'm capable of. And if I'm not in the right headspace to do that, I can't do that. Now, I've had to do events uh, including some of the biggest events I've worked when I've had personal issues going on. Um, you know, I've gone to events while having a really bad fight with my spouse or while dealing with really bad school stress or I even did an event shortly after my dad died. Like, my father was murdered and like less than a month later. No, a couple weeks later. I was doing an event. So like, I'm no stranger to having to figure out how to ground myself before doing this kind of a very, very emotionally laborious service-oriented work. But that's not something I'm really able to do right now with the amount of emotional and, and physical and psychological effort I have to expend at my career during this pandemic and to sort of maintain my own sanity. So I wanted to touch on a few things in this episode. First and foremost, practicing magic when your mental health is not optimal. Now, much like the I want to call it a debate because that's not the right word. But there are a lot of people who have a lot of strong opinions about people with mental health issues doing anything, quite frankly. Dating, having kids, having careers, having pets, doing this, doing that. You know, it's important that you as an individual... Do the work that you can on yourself with the resources that you have to figure out ways to do the things that are important to you. You know, for me, that's therapy and physical activity. Um, I've been running with a mask on. It's awful. My neighborhood is just too densely populated for me to feel comfortable going without a mask when I'm out in public for an hour long run. 
Um, I still try to choose less populated areas, but you know, anyway, not what we're here for. Um, you know, so yes, therapy, physical activity. I try to eat well. I try to stay hydrated. I try to sleep. I have cultivated some really healthy friendships. And yes, I, I do use tarot and magical practices to help ground me. But there's also been times where I've had to really be careful about doing any kind of really big energy intensive workings when I'm not really at 100%. Um, it can take something from you psychologically if you're in a spiritual model, spiritually, you know, sometimes physically, depending on what you're doing. Sometimes things require movement or fasting or, or you know, entheogens or, or whatever. You know, there are a lot of factors to take into consideration. So, you know, I often tell people, you know, only seek a tarot reading if you're ready to hear whatever you hear. Um, and the same goes for, for doing them. And again, you know, I've, I've really been able to work through a lot of things. And I've definitely done magical workings out of desperation when I've had to because I didn't have a choice and it took a lot out of me, but I did it. Um, I also have an absurd amount of grit and determination and willpower and endless, endless reserves. Well, they're not quite endless. I do pass out in my love seat. My husband calls it my battery is dying. But like, you know, I really have to dig deep for that. And I have to be careful about how deep I can dig. And you should also be careful about that. You know, maybe you've heard that, you know, it's really important that you do XYZ thing for your magic, but it's something that would trigger you or something that you know could be really bad for you. Maybe don't do that thing. Maybe find another way to practice and do this in a safer way. Don't feel like you have to be doing something a certain way or that you have to be doing all this stuff to, to call yourself a real witch or to, or to do your practice if you're not in the right headspace for it. It's really important that you put yourself first, um, especially if you are working from a more spiritual model, if you're working with any kind of entities, especially demons, but really any kind of entities, um, entities, deities, spirits, the fae, whatever it is you're working with, you know, again, I'm not, I have my own nebulous opinions about the spiritual model. Um, I'm not totally psychological, although that's the paradigm that I focus on, but I'm not really in the spiritual model a lot of the time either. It's complicated. What isn't? Anyway, point being, if you are working within that spiritual model, you have to be really careful about your own internal boundaries and what could be attaching to you. So if that's something that, you know, is something that you work with in your practice, that's why it's extremely important that you work on those, those basic needs. You know, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you're familiar with that, if not, Google it. 
Um, it's a pyramid, and at the bottom of that pyramid is basic needs, food, safety, and then it goes, you know, increasingly more, um, more, uh, so like the bottom of the pyramid is, is that basic safety. And then it's, it works all the way up to self-actualization as the pinnacle. And that Maslow's hierarchy, you know, you can't achieve the next level of stuff until you have the previous level taken care of at least to a very basic extent. So if you are at that point right now where you really are kind of just working on survival, don't get mad at yourself that you're not at the top of the pyramid yet. You have to take care of that first. And don't let anyone pressure you into it either. You know, I'm, I'm sort of having that issue. Um, not much, but uh, I know that there's some people who are like, well, you, you could be doing more. And it's like, well, I, maybe I could be, but at what cost to myself? So we're not doing that. Um, it's very important that you figure out how to ground yourself when you're doing some kind of working, whether you're reading for other people, even if you're just reading for yourself, if you're doing magic. Um, you now, I really want you to, to think about what would be grounding for you, making sure you're hydrated, maybe a cup of water or tea before and after you read or do a working, um, some meditation, even just some deep breathing, being sure to, you know, plant your feet on the ground and, and really feel your body, maybe doing like a progressive muscle relaxation exercise. Those are the kinds of very basic things that could really help ground you. You could also develop some kind of incantation or, or a little grounding spell, um, again, something I really like doing is braiding spells into my hair. I do that with protection. I do that with, um, I've done that with kind of grounding type things. I've done spells to help keep myself awake. So besides drinking caffeine, but so, you know, just think about how you might ground yourself whether that's when you're doing magic or, or just in your day-to-day -day life. That day-to-day -day practice of magic is really important. So don't sell yourself short with that. Really protect yourself and your space as much as you can, especially if you are not in a great physical place right now. Um, again, I said I was really lucky that I live with my husband we have, it's a small apartment, but it's enough space for the two of us. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky that I live in a quiet, calm house. And I have friends who are not in safe places right now. And that's something that they were able to mitigate and cope better with when they were able to go places and do things. And they can't do that now. So if you are in a similar situation, it is even more important that you do whatever it is that you can do to help foster that sense of safety and do what you can to protect yourself. Um, simple things like salt on your doorway and windowsills. You could even make it a salt spray. If you need to be really, really inconspicuous, like if you're in a household where people can't know that you're doing magic, 
um, protective sigils on your door. You know, something like, you, know, you can look up sigil work. Um, you could also use the 40 servants, who I really like. And you could draw those on your door, on your person, on your stuff. Just think about creative ways that you can help guard your space and yourself at this time. Um, and you, you can draw those, you know, if you can, if you're in a supportive zone of space, draw them in ink or paint or whatever, but you could, you could draw them in water, especially salt water. That way they're, they're drawn, but they're invisible. Um, you know, drawing, drawing sigils and salt, I literally had not thought of this until I started talking about it. And that's not a bad idea at all. Um, I think the saltwater spray, though, was something that my girlfriend talked about doing, like covert office protection cleansing stuff. Um, you know, just think about different ways that you can protect yourself. And if that's something magical, if that's something that makes you feel connected and empowered, do it. Absolutely do it. Practicing magic has almost always not just been a, a practice of honoring you know, spirits or, or, or deities or traditions or, or whatever, but it's also been a, a way to take some control and rest some power. So don't be afraid to lean into that, especially when things are so difficult right now. But again, also don't feel like you have to do all this stuff if you're not in the right headspace for it. The work will still be there when you're done. When we're done. When you have the mental headspace, when you've completed that layer on Maslow's hierarchy and you're able to do more things that help support your goal of self-actualization you have to take care of that stuff first and if magic is a way for you to get there great and if it's not then give yourself some slack right now all right friends i think that's all i've got for you today um thank you so much for listening so here is normally the place where i would be telling you all the ways you could throw money at me but um, I'm not going to do that. So as of now, I'm still thinking about ending the Patreon, but I'm going to ask my current patrons what they think about me kind of moving it to do what you can um, and figure out some kind of reward system for later on. Because I do know that a lot of people still want to support. So I'm going to figure that out. Um, I do request that instead of throwing your money at me, who has a job, Throw your money at the people in your life who need it, especially your artists, your creatives, your service industry friends, people whose jobs and livelihoods revolve around things that they can't do right now. That goes double for undocumented people too. If you have any friends who are undocumented, now is the time to help them. They're not getting stimulus checks. They're going to have an even harder time getting a job please, please consider helping them either directly or finding good organizations 
And if you need help finding organizations to support in your area, email me at antifragiltarot at gmail.com. I will find somebody who knows. Um, I personally support First Friends of New York and New Jersey. They help people through immigration difficulties over here. And I have been sending lots of money to my, my other friends when I can, buying their art, Venmoing them, you know, we, we got to do the best that we can by each other. Um, if you're getting takeout, tip really well. Try to be safe. Please wash your hands. Wear your masks. If you're out, just wear them. Just wear them, please. I know, I know it's not a surgical mask, but it's a lot better than nothing. Um, try not to go places more often than you have to. And assess your own risk thresholds. You know, we're, we're going to have to figure out how to do this differently for a while. And we're all going to make some different choices. But there are some things we can really do to make this easier on all of us. And the biggest things are not not going out unnecessarily, washing your hands, wearing your masks. And again, don't don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm antifragiltarot at gmail.com. Just, just email me if you need anything. Um, I can't guarantee I'm going to be able to, to help that much, but if you need, you know, again, ideas for organizations to donate to, uh, any science-y questions, I got you. All right. Be well. Take care of yourselves. Uh, if you're a regular listener, please let me know how you're doing. I, I think about a lot of you who've emailed me, and I worry about you. Uh, and have a witchy and or wonderful week. I will try to do this again soon. Bye.